Well, this is a story that a lot of people have been paying attention to and wondering just when that ship is going to be moved, that one that's blocking the Suez Canal. And the United States is now offering up some help. A spokesperson for the White House National Security Council says the U.S. has offered assistance to Egyptian authorities to help reopen the Suez Canal. The waterway has been blocked by a giant container ship since Tuesday causing a traffic jam that's only continuing to pile up. The spokesperson says the U.S. is consulting with its Egyptian partners about how to best support their efforts to move the ship. An estimated 12 percent of global trade passes through the Suez Canal. Elizabeth Schulze, ABC News. Washington. Joining me now is Robert Lewis Manning. He is the CEO of the B.C. Chamber of Shipping. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, good afternoon, Jill. Uh, What was your first reaction when you saw that ship stuck? Well, I think like anyone, uh, uh, shocked. Um, But, uh, of course, you know, as logistics professionals, the first thing everybody starts to think about is is how do you deal with a situation like this? Um, As your lead-in said, 12% of world trade, $10 billion worth of cargo go through there a day. Um, And the alternative is probably a 3,800-mile detour south of Africa uh, that would add almost two weeks to a voyage. So the impacts are massive. We were hearing and the, the traffic jam they're talking about saying growing to more than 200 vessels, as we know, the disruption to, to shipping. What does it mean, do you think, for, for Canada as far as the disruption and what impact it's going to have on this country? Well, there'll be a, there will be a, an impact. And I think trying to determine the length of time it takes to, to move that uh, ship blocking the canal is really going to tell us the degree of the impact. Um, there's about 51% of trade from Asia to the east coast of Canada flows through that canal. Um, so um, there's bound to be impacts on inventory. There's bound to be impacts on costs. But the scale of that is really unknown. I mean, one would expect a lot of shipping lines w- will consider uh, a detour, and, and that may take additional time to get to ports. Um, but there will be others that will decide to wait it out until the, the canal is clear. So, yeah, it's the scale. And, and then, of course, a lot of Canadian exports go to support other you know, manufacturing processes in Europe. And I think the greatest effect is really going to be felt in Europe. Um, and, uh, and that scale will probably be much larger than in North America. Uh, when you look at the satellite images and see that ship wedged in that canal, uh, the, the questions I keep hearing from people is, A, how did this happen and how has it never happened before? Well, um, the reasons for it happening are, are still unknown, I think, to most of us. Um, but we were aware that there were strong winds that day, a sandstorm. Um, and if you can if you can see from the pictures of this vessel, um, it's enormous. So uh, wind would have a big impact, and probably something else has also happened um, to cause the vessel to to veer out of control in the way it did. Um, so, so we really don't know, but you can imagine um, it's clearly stuck in soft mud, um, and that vessel will have to be lightened, and the salvage plan will likely be um, probably pretty close to being finalized now. And I think once that salvage plan is known, we'll have a better idea of the time it's going to take to to clear it out of there. Uh, 
Does it show us or or re, uh, re- remind us, I suppose, just how much we depend on these shipping routes and that these shipping routes are uh, that that something like this doesn't happen, that the access is maintained? Because now we're being, I, I guess, reminded that one thing, even though this is a pretty major thing, but one thing can have such a huge a huge effect on so many others. Well, if you you look at the two major canals in the world, uh, the Suez and the Panama, they're they're strategically important to global trade, and the connection, the connectivity between countries is is significant. Um, but I should add that we're already facing a very constrained supply chain across the world um, because of the pandemic. So this is this is adding a uh, another layer of challenge to a supply chain that's already stressed, largely because. Um, the supply and demand pre-pandemic has been upset so significantly during the pandemic. And when you talk about the the fact that it will could lead to higher costs and it will definitely have an impact on supply, uh, are there certain things that uh, more than others, or, or what do you think? What areas do you think will be the most impacted right away? Well, there's a, lo- a lot of containerized traffic that's in a vessel like that um, is delivered with uh, just-in-time delivery. So the supply chain relies upon consistent and predictable deliveries, both imports and exports, by containerized traffic. So anything that that is retail, uh, involved in the manufacturing of other goods, is likely going to be the most impacted. Um, Other sort of commodities that that are carried in bulk, there's usually larger inventories of them, so there's probably more flexibility in managing those inventories. Uh, I understand as well, this particular vessel, the Ever Given, was also involved in an accident uh, near Germany in 2019. There was an investigation there. Uh, does that show that that uh, as far as standards of, of uh, captains or, or that we need to be paying more attention to who it is that's uh, at the helm or in charge of these huge vessels? I think it would be premature to, to draw a conclusion um, uh, if the vessel has been, if there's a systemic issue. Um, with the vessel and or um, the industry uh, writ large. Um, but I'm, absolutely, there'll be a need to look at that, and that does happen. And, of course, when you have a major incident like this, um, insurance companies pay a lot of attention to these types of issues, and they do have global impacts on insurance rates um, across the supply chain, especially in shipping. Uh, how is this being received by uh, the shipping community as far as I'm guessing there's going to be a ton of interest, uh, not only for, about what you've talked about, kind of the domino effect on goods and what happens next, but just the fact that we're watching this unfold and seeing not knowing how long this is going to take? Well, I think anybody in transportation is accustomed to um, the unexpected. So the, the, the ability for a company to adapt to the unexpected is, is fairly high. Um, when something like this happens, you have to start looking uh, more globally at your capacity to move products and people and, uh, and how you might um, change that capacity uh, to reflect uh, you know, a short or longer delay. So there's a, I, can, I can promise you there's a lot of uh, shipping liners now looking at alternatives, um, contingencies, and they'll be planning both for short-term and long-term uh, because they've got customers, of course, that are, are wanting to know, and I suspect the phones are ringing off the hook. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh, my God, the ship is sinking. I can't get out. 